Hi, Gary Zacharias with The Apologist Bookshelf. Let's take a look this time at a book called The Ten Most Important Things You Can Say to a Jehovah's Witness. Ron Rhodes is the author. He's the president of Reasoning from the Scriptures Ministries. And actually, this book is a shorter form. It's a small form of a larger volume called Reasoning from the Scriptures with the Jehovah's Witnesses, about three times the length of this one. But this one, I think, does an excellent job. He said, don't, don't think of uh, the book as just shallow. It deals with crin, 10 critical points to share with Jehovah's Witnesses. And uh, so it does a, a nice job of that. Uh, let, me, let me tell you about some of the chapters in here. And then there's one that I wanted to look at especially. Chapter 1, the Watchtower Society does not speak for God. So there's item 1. Remember, it's called 10 Most Important Things That You Could Say to a Jehovah's Witness. So does, the organization does not speak for God. Number 2, uh, a big issue that I think is interesting, the New World Translation. Is that really accurate? He says, no, it's inaccurate and misleading. Number 3, God has other names besides Jehovah. Number four, Jesus is God Almighty, because remember the Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe Jesus is uh, God. Uh, number five, the Holy Spirit is God, not a force. Number six, the biblical God is a trinity. Number seven, salvation is by grace through faith, not by works. But how many times does that come up, huh? Organization after organization, whether it's Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses or uh, any other group you think of, it's always, yeah, okay, the Bible's fine, or Jesus is great, but... And there's always something else that's dropped in on, because humans want to feel a sense of pride. We can do it. Uh, just turn us loose. We'll, we'll make it. But uh, that's not what the Bible preaches. And so that's number seven, salvation by grace. Number eight, there's one people of God, not two peoples with different destinies. Now, if you know anything about Jehovah's Witnesses, some of them are in heaven, and a lot of them are going to be left on earth at the end of time. Number nine, man is conscious in the afterlife and hell is a real place of eternal suffering. That's contrary to Jehovah's Witnesses' uh, teachings. Number 10, I like this one a lot. I'm going to just dip into that for a second and go back to a different chapter, but it's called Jesus Changed My Life Forever. So what I like about that one is you can talk personal there. Um, so he says, Giving your personal testimony of what the Lord Jesus has done in your life is a very important component of any witnessing encounter. So we need to have our story of what Jesus has done for us. So I like that a lot. It says, make sure when you're talking about it, um, let's see, I wanted to focus on something here. When you tell others what the Lord has done for your life, speak with conviction. Don't have a spiritual chip on your shoulder. Share what your life was like before you were a Christian, how you became a Christian, and what your life has been since becoming a Christian. And then things to avoid in personal testimony. Um, one is, don't communicate that Christianity yields a bed of roses for believers. Boy, is that good. I like that a lot. And then it says, as you close your testimony, leave the Jehovah's Witness with a clear picture of how to become a Christian. So I like that uh, last section. And then after the last section, Rhodes has his bibliography. And good heavens, um, I, I won't even try to add them up. There must be 40 or 50 books on here and some great names. So he gets his information from excellent sources. And then after that, he's got notes for every chapter so you know where he's getting his information. So I, I find this to be a really a, an excellent source. Here's the chapter I wanted to look at with you right now. 
It's the first chapter, which is, let me turn to it, the Watchtower Society does not speak for God. Emphasis does not speak for God. So I like what he does at the beginning of the chapter. He does this in all of his chapters. He tells you what the Jehovah's Witness view is, and then he shows you the Christian response to that. So he says at the beginning, it's through the Watchtower organization and no other that God teaches the Bible to humankind. And people can't really understand the scripture without the literature that it just pumps out all the time, the Watchtower Society. It's really the the sole possessor, I guess you'd say, of God's truth. And of course, then as a result, the witnesses need to obey what the Watchtower says. So key points to start the chapter. The Watchtower Society is viewed as God's voice on earth. Joe's witnesses have to unquestionably obey it. They have to depend on the Watchtower for the correct interpretation of the Bible. And if you read the Bible by yourself, the Watchtower organization warns you it's going to lead you astray. And if you continue to uh, disobey, you get disfellowshipped. And uh, that's an effective way to keep everybody in line. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to tell you there are three things that this chapter talks about. One is that the Jehovah's Witness, first of all, the first point is that it misrepresents key scripture verses to support its own authority. I'll come back to that in a minute. So that's number one. That's what the first part of this chapter talks about. They claim that if you go to the Bible, you'll find out that it references the Watchtower Society indirectly. And uh, Ron Rhodes, the author, says, no, not the case. Number two, contrary to biblical prophets, the Watchtower Society has a really bad track record of false prophecies. And so he spends some time on that. That's number two. And number three, the Watchtower Society has changed its position on a lot of important issues, something that if you're going to represent God would not happen. Okay, well, because of time, I'm not going to spend a lot of uh, energy on the first part, which is the Watchtower Society claims, for example, that the Watchtower Society is the faithful and discreet slave that Jesus mentioned in Matthew 24, verses 45 to 47. They take 2 Peter 1, verses 20 and 21, and they say that that's basically telling you not to have any private interpretation of the Bible. You need the Watchtower Society to tell you. And then they take Acts 8, 30, and 31. That's the part where Philip helps that Ethiopian man understand the scriptures. And he said, and the Watchtower group says, see, you can't rightly understand the Bible without some organization to guide you. And so uh, Rhodes spends time showing why each of those is incorrect. That the watch, for example, the Watchtower Society is not the faithful and wise servant. That's for any follower of uh, a servant who'd been put in charge of his master's household. So that's a call to every Christian to be faithful. Uh, so I'll skip over that part. Uh, you can read it for yourself. Let's go to number two, because two and three, I think, are really vital. Number two that he's saying is that the Watchtower Society has a really terrible track record for prophecies. Like what? Well, in 1914, here's what they uh, predicted, that the human governments would be overthrown, the full establishment of God's kingdom would come on earth. And he has actually quotes from their studies in the scriptures. It says, quote, the full establishment of the kingdom of God in the earth at A.D. 1914. Well, how'd that turn out? Uh, no, didn't happen. 
about this? Watchtower people predicted in 1925, select Old Testament saints, including Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, would rise from the grave and live in San Diego. Now, it'd be easy to make some cheap comments there because I live in San Diego County, but I won't do that. But um, that Old Testament saints would rise from the grave. Where do you get that? Well, they have a book called Millions Now Living Will Never Die, published in 1920, and they made that prediction, quote-unquote, 1925 will mark the return of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the faithful prophets of old. And that didn't happen, obviously. Here's a third prediction. They said that in 1975, human history would end, and here comes the thousand-year reign of Christ. That would begin. Oh, here's the quote from Our Kingdom Ministry, published in 1968. Here's what they said about 1975. There are only about 90 months left. Well, 1968 plus 90 months, that's seven and a half years. That takes you to 1975. So there are only about 90 months left before 6,000 years of man's existence on earth is completed. And we know that none of those things happen. So their fallback position is that, well, Bible prophets had some mistaken views. And they used Jonah as an example because he said uh, destruction of Nineveh was coming and it didn't happen. But that's God who allowed repentance in the face of judgment. All right, so they've really made some terrible mistakes that way. So how do you trust an organization that can't get the prophecies right? They have to go back and fiddle around with them and make them appear not to have been mistaken. Or they say, well, maybe Jesus came back in spirit and things like that. It just it doesn't work very well. Here's a third area. So uh, first area is they try to use Bible verses to explain why they're the authority and those don't work out very well. They've had some failed prophecies, many failed prophecies. Here's the third area that uh, Rhodes talks about in his first chapter. The Watchtower Society has changed its position on some big issues. Now, if you're going to be God's spokesman, God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's not going to change. But let's give some examples here. What have they done? Well, all right, let's take medical issues. How about vaccinations? In 1931, one of their magazines said a vaccination is a direct violation of a covenant that God made with Noah after the flood. So no, 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 you couldn't do any vaccinations. But that prohibition was dropped in the 1950s. And in fact, in 1965, their magazine even acknowledged that vaccinations seemed to have caused a decrease in diseases. Now, how sad is that, that parents of children who died because they would not vaccinate them found out the position got changed? I mean, wouldn't that tear you up? You didn't get your kid vaccinated, the child dies, and then the organization says, well, now they're okay. Here's another area of medical uh, concern, organ transplants. In 1967, their Watchtower magazine said organ transplants amounted to basically cannibalism, and they're not appropriate. And then a year later, that was, uh, what, 1967? So in 1968, the same magazine agreed that all organ transplants are cannibalism. They're all that way. They banned them for 13 years. Now, you can guess what happened. There were many Jehovah's Witnesses who died or had a lot of suffering because they didn't get the treatment that they could have had that was available through organ transplants. 
But when it became a proven fact that the transplants were wonderful and did some great things, they switched. In 1980, they said organ transplants are not necessarily cannibalistic and began allowing them. Well, if they're the voice of God, that's a pretty odd uh, person to be representing. The society is human, and it doesn't really truly speak for God. So I think that's powerful. Um, by the way, they mention here there's a Raymond Franz. He was a governing body member of the Watchtower Society. He was nephew of the president at the time. He got uh, discouraged and, and uh, upset with him, and he left. And he said working with that governing body was very disillusioning. And so that's a book that might be interesting to take a look at sometime. The book that he wrote is called Crisis of Conscience. Raymond Franz, F-R-A-N-Z. So um, kind of a, a key thing toward the end of the chapter here, Rhodes says the Bible tells us that we're supposed to test truth claims by Scripture, not by an organization like the Watchtower Society. And he gives an example in Acts 17 about a group called the Bereans. They tested religious claims not against some organization. They didn't, they didn't go run to some local synagogue. They tested the truth claims against the Bible. And 2 Timothy 3, 15 to 17, Apostle Paul says, How from infancy you, talking about Timothy, have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation, and on and on. So it was not as seen through the lens of the Watchtower Society. It was the, the Scripture itself was useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and so on. So, summary at the end of the chapter, by the way, I like this. He always puts summaries. He has all sorts of icons along the way, little images to help you know what he's covering. So, the Watchtower Society misrepresents Bible verses to support its authority. That was point number one. Number two, unlike biblical prophets, it's got a history of false prophecies. Number three, they have changed their position on important issues throughout the years. We're supposed to test truth claims by the scripture alone. So one more time, if you'd like, this book is quick, easy read. It's only 120-some pages. But if you want something more in-depth, I'd recommend his other book called Reasoning from the Scriptures with the Jehovah's Witnesses. It's like three times as long as this. But if you're just kind of trying to get a quick once-over, it's not quick in the sense of lighthearted, but I mean it's serious material. I like this book, The Ten Most Important Things You Can Say to a Jehovah's Witness. Author was Ron Rhodes. He's president of Reasoning from the Scriptures Ministry. All right, well, thanks for your time, and uh, talk to you later.